G'day community, welcome to the JRBBL podcast, my name is Damo and joining me like he did last week is Azza, how you doing mate? Very good, always good to be here mate. And Dill has returned, how are you going mate? Yeah good thanks mate, keen for another one. Very, very good. The schedule was redone but we've always had our locks since the beginning so we'll just go around the room very quickly. Who has been your lock since the beginning Dill? Um, for me, Darcy Short start was first picked um, and has not moved um, from my side at all. I think he's um, he's a chance to bowl a few overs. He'll open the batting, um, and he's he's a lock for me. And as it yourself, uh, for me, look, I'm always the type of person that looks for values inside. Um, so for me, my first number one lock was actually Chris Green from the Sydney Thunder. Uh, he's had some outstanding form overseas in the uh, Caribbean. Premier League, um, obviously had some issues last year with some illegal bowling actions. That's out the window. He's in phenomenal form, taking wickets and a far better economy rate, um, which is something that we like to see in BBL. And given his price now is only 107000 I think he's going to be one to watch and his price should definitely increase. And he hasn't left my side since day dot. My lock since the beginning has been Ben Cutting. I think he is going to be an absolute masterful spine for the Thunder. I reckon he could bat top four and bowl four if they need him to. I actually think he could actually be underpriced, even though he is $153,000. What do you boys think of Ben Cutting? I think that's a fair assessment. I think um, you, you definitely hit the nail on the head with the Thunder's lineup working the way that it is. Ben Cutting's probably likely to bowl for, and he's probably going to be batting around that middle order, so getting the opportunities for extra runs. And if he does as well as he has in previous seasons, yeah, he's definitely going to be one to watch and one to look for. Has been in and out of my side, I won't lie. He's in at the moment, and definitely going to be one to watch. And I think you're right, Cutting's uh, a fantastic choice to have in any side. And the other thing with the Thunder is their um, top order has generally been a little bit suspect um, in the past. You know, you've got Usman Khawaja at the top, but after that, um, you're sort of looking at some some lesser-known players, I guess. So it's it's very possible that Cutting, even if he's in that middle order, gets a decent gets a decent look in. Exactly why he is picked in my side. Now, the schedule was redone minutes after we recorded last podcast it was actually finalised what would be considered each round in Supercoach. So we've probably changed our team strategies a little bit since then. What's been the biggest change to your team, Dill? Um, for me, so obviously with the Stars having the double at the start, um, I've looked at really um, getting a few of those guys in. So at the moment I'm running with Stoinis, Maxwell, uh, and then Zamper and Kudanar with Pekovsky on the bench. Uh, but you've also got to look forward um, to the, the second and third rounds where you've got the Hurricanes and Strikers as well. Um, at the moment, I've got uh, Darcy Short and Hanscom. I'm not sold on Hanscom. I think his role is potentially not too um, too attractive. So he's sort of there at the moment, but is likely to be, to be out. Um, and I don't have any Strikers either, but... I've got a plan. I'll go Zampa to Khan and Kudanal to Renshaw. So um, I've got a I've got a plan in mind, but obviously there's still so much that can change uh, can change between now and and round one. So very fluid still. 
And what about you, Azza? Yeah, look, for me, um, very much the same. Obviously, I've got the likes of Stoyner, Zampa, Nathan coulton and even Seb Gotch um, on my bench as for the Stars. But I'm also definitely looking ahead, getting in those Hurricanes. They definitely will be playing round one, so your likes of Darcy Short, Riley Meredith, and Nathan Ellis as well that are in my side. I have been playing around with some strikers as well, and it can be advantageous definitely to have someone, but you don't want to get overburdened by having an expensive player like Rashid Khan sitting on your bench. You're better off having someone like Adam Zampa or Riley Meredith who's going to be guaranteed to scoring you points. But that being said, I am still looking at having maybe like a Matt Short or if I can afford it with um, the way my squad's looking, a Matthew Renshaw. It is advantageous to be able to get that leg up and you even have that round one loophole available as they will be having a zero. But, look, it's up to everyone plays the game differently. That's the way I'm looking at it. Probably may end up going with it if I can, but at this stage it's going to be hard to. Don't ask me about my team structure. It's ever-changing. Um, I reckon I send as a screenshots for feedback almost three times in, an, in, in a minute. Um, so at the moment, though, I've only got three stars and three Hurricanes in my side on the field. Um, that may change closer to the time as I keep fiddling around with my side. I don't have Glenn Maxwell at the moment. I'm not sure if he'll make it into my side. His form, as Azza and Dil have told me, is at its worst it's ever been. So I'm not sold on paying 185k for him. If we move on, who was your first selected after the schedule was redone? As it will start with you. Yeah, it's a good one. Probably, um, yeah, Stoinis for me. Um, obviously, I think with the Stars double game round, it's uh, it's a no-brainer to have those premium Stars players in your side that are guaranteed to scoring your points. Um, the likes of Adam Zamp is another one too um, that's always been in my side after the fixture being released. Um, and the way that Stoinis has shown his overseas form, he's getting some more overs in. He's over those injuries. So he's hoping... Um, he can bowl a couple more overs for the Stars. You know, it will open the batting and just be unreal like he was last season. And yourself, Dill, who was locked in after that schedule was redone? Yeah, I'd probably have to agree with what, what uh, as I was saying. Stoinis, he was there from the start for me, so he hasn't moved. But Zampa um, is one that wasn't in my initial draft, but since um, has moved in, given the double game week. And then for me, I think that'll be an easy straight swap to Rashid Khan, who... Has the double in the in the um, in round rounds two and three? I think the Hurricanes have a double, but Khan you can have in there all year um, and can guarantee him scoring pretty well. So yeah, probably Zamper and Stoinis as well for me. Um, yeah. My first selected after the t- uh, schedule rehash was was Adam Zamper. I didn't have him in my side beforehand. I completely ignored the schedule and ha- already had Stoinis in my team. Um, so that was helpful for me. Didn't have to move my team around to fit him in. And I've also created space for Nathan Coulton-Nile as well. So I think so. there was a few that entered my side once the schedule was redone and they haven't left yet when I've been doing my chopping and changing around. 
Speaking of chopping and changing around, the test team selection was announced this morning. Now, I'll run through the sides for you guys. So the Australian, uh, Australian test squad will contain Tim Payne, Sean Abbott, Joe Burns, Pat Cummins, Cameron Green, Josh Hazelwood, Travis Head, Marnus Lubbershane, Nathan Lyon, Michael Nessa, James Pattinson, Will Pachowski, Steve Smith, Mitchell Stark, Mitch Swepson, Matthew Wade, and David Warner. Now, there's a few names in there that mean we probably shouldn't have them in our BBL side to start. We'll start with just the test squad at the moment. We'll go to the Australian A squad a bit later. The first two names that stick out to me there are Will Pachowski and Cameron Green. They were cheapies that people were locking onto their bench. They probably can't do that anymore, can they, Azza? Nah, def- well, definitely. It's it's hard. I mean, obviously someone like Will Bukowski, who's at 42,000, you can still continue to have him on your bench, even as a you know, even as that donut to allow for captain loopholes. Um, he will be playing later on in the season. But someone like a Cam Green's probably hard when you've got other players in around that mark, like um, your Noor Ahmad, um, your Jack Willemuth, who are also 62-5, that are going to get those opportunities now. So um, probably, yeah, look, I'll, Green's gone for me. Pukowski for probably still in at the moment, but, again, that may change um, at this stage. And what's your takeaway from that deal? Yeah, I agree with what Azza was saying, Read those two. Um, a big name for me that was in the test squad that I guess I didn't predict him in the test squad was Sean Abbott. Yeah. Um, 119K. He's been in my team um, for a large chunk of the season so far, but has since been taken out. Um, that's, yeah. We still don't know what the, I guess, the biosecurity measures will be for the BBL and moving it in between these test squads and the Australian A squads and whatnot. But if there's any doubt, I don't think you can pick a bloke that's 220 grand to then miss out and you're potentially relying on a bloke who's 60 grand, which, you know, it's great to have him on the bench, but do you really want him scoring your on-field points? Probably not. So, yeah, Abbott was a big one for me. Um, Travis Head I loved in the preseason, but he's in both of those squads. Um, so he's probably one you cross out um, for sure. But, yeah, Michael Nisa and, and Mitch Swepson are two others that I guess have played a bit of BBL in the past but maybe might not get the same opportunities this year as they have. And the Australian A squad consists of Sean Abbott, Ashton Agar, Joe Burns, Jackson Bird, Alex Carey, Harry Conway, Cameron Green, Marcus Harris, Travis Head, Moises Onreeks, Nick Maddinson, Mitchell Marsh, subject to fitness, Michael Nisa, Tim Payne, James Pattinson, Will Pachowski, Mark Steckity, Will Sutherland, and Mitch Swepson. So once again, that takes a f- a f- away a- quite a few of our cheap options again as well as someone who a lot of people were locking into their side in Ashton and Agar. This is creating waves, guys. What What's the takeaway from, like, what's going to be the result of all these squads being announced? Yeah, look, I think, obviously, the big thing that we need to take away is the with the Australia A side, the way that it looks. Um, obviously, the first um, Australia A versus India A is December 6th and 8th, which is before... BBL kicks off. However, the second um, Australia A versus Indian match is on December 11th to 13th, which is going to fall in round one and the first game of round two. So it's while there's 19 players in that squad, 
it may not be that we'll see any of those available for round one. So, you know, we were looking at the likes of, you know, as we said, Sean Abbott now in Test Squad, forget, but Australia A, uh, Jackson Bird's another one that's been, you know, looking in my side. Probably not. Marcus Harris is another one. Um, Mark's, you know, Will Sutherland as well, given his price, was probably a bit of a, a pot in mind, but... I don't think there's probably any way we can maybe look at them at this date. Again, we'll have to probably wait close to the day, but, again, it will be very fine with the um, BBL season starting on December 10th and the Australia A second one starting on December 11th. So it'll be things to watch out for nonetheless. It'll be really interesting to see as well what they do in terms of that. Obviously, it's such a massive squad and who, if anyone gets released, who it is, because generally in the past those Australian A squads are, either to expose young guys, so that's your, your Cam Greens, your Pekovskis, your um, Harry Conway's another one that's in there, or to give guys like um, Ashton Agar, Joan Burns, Jackson Bird, um, Michael Neeser, these guys, I guess, a chance to prove their worth even further um, away from the Shield. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what, what the selectors do in terms of releasing some of those guys, but at the moment it looks like you probably steer clear of most of them. Is anyone now a lock for Supercoach BBL after these sides have been released? Is there anyone that sort of moves up the order or becomes more prominent in their BBL side now? Dylan? Um, that didn't make the squad, those squads? That didn't make the squad? Um, not that I can think of off the top of my head. I'll just have a look at some notes. Um Given it's such a large, large squad, I think there's no one that has jumped out to me. Um, Riley Meredith is maybe one that I guess might have been a chance for that Australian A squad that hasn't been picked. Uh, he's not in my team at the moment, but he's definitely one to look to look at, especially for his double um, down the track. Yeah. What What about you, Azza? Do you have a take on that one? Yeah, look, I think um, there are some other players that we will now consider um, with the likes of Sean Abbott out, um, as we've talked about. You know, Riley Meredith comes into the frame. Um, you know, Muhammad Nabi, Daniel Sams, who are all of that premium price range that will probably likely come in. I mean, Abbott was a lock in my side. I, I felt he was probably underpriced um, given the way that the new scoring systems worked. But, yeah, Mahabad Nabi, Daniel Sams comes in. Um, yeah, Riley Meredith. I would have liked James Patterson, but, again, he's in the Australia A squad. Uh, probably Scott Boland is another one to consider. He's 171,000 and did um, some great work for the Hurricanes last year and is probably a good take. It allows you then to spend 50,000 less and rejig your squad to get in some of those other premiums you may want to have got into. Um, with who you're looking at maybe upgrading uh, Peter Hanscom to the likes of Ben Cutting. You'd be able to do that if you were to take out Abbott and uh, bring in someone like Scott Boland, who's then got the double game week in round two. So I think there's probably some opportunities to be had now in BBL with the teams being named, and at least it gives us some certainty now to really focus on what our teams will look like for round one. And another name just on that, Matthew Renshaw has missed both squads. Um, in the past, he's been in those those sorts of, I guess, um, teams. 
he's missed out on both. So potentially after that, you could you could pick him round one, but definitely after that, he's one to look at for sure. I like it. I like it. And as a nose that. I had played around with a version of my team with Matthew Renshaw yep. on the bench, and I hated it. Um, <laughs> you guys followed the Sheffield Shield probably far closer than I did, and probably ever will. What What's your takeaways from the Sheffield Shield? Did you guys want to do a bit of a recap on that one for me? Yeah, as if you want to kickstart that, and I'll just jump in if I feel like you missed anything. Yeah, um, obviously, yeah, it was a big round in the Sheffield Shield this week. Runs galore, really. I mean, uh, out of all the teams, we had the likes of Larkin, Moses Rico, Sean Abbott, Will Pekoski scoring yet another double century, um, Sean Marsh, um, Joe Inglis, um, Osman Kawaja, even Matt Renshaw we talked about, and Jimmy Pearson, all of them have scored over 100 runs this round, so which puts him into some really good form. I think um, that's Sean Marsh's second um, century as well. So he's one that's always kind of been on my radar. Um, I'd really like to pick him, but I think with again with the likes of Ben Cutting, um, it's 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 a tough one because he is a, just a pure batsman and not um, give them that flexibility in bat bowlers. And we've seen now with the. Uh, that scoring system, batsmen aren't probably favoured as much as we'd hoped. But other than that, in the Sheffield Shield, Mitch Webson was just unreal again, taking another Pfeiffer. But yet, he's in the test and the Australia race team, which is disappointing because he would have been an absolute lock in my side had he have been available. Yeah, another, I guess, key takeaway from the Shield is the batsmen dominated this round. So, you know, as, as, as I said, there was multiple players who, who hit hundreds and big hundreds as well. Um, but even with this, the whole hub situation for the BBL, there'll be games played in Tasmania, so they're shorter boundaries usually as well. So guys like, um, well, Darcy Short is a bloke who, his value for me, I know you're paying top dollar, but 245 k on those short boundaries, he could explode and, and potentially score really big. Um, blokes like Narby, Daniel Sams, these sorts of guys as well who, um, who, who are big hitters. Um, and potentially score score even bigger with those shorter boundaries. Um, it, whether or not that's something that I guess all uh, suits all players, um, or you know p- potentially you got guys that are trying to bite off more than they can chew. But I think that's definitely something that that helps those batsmen as well. Uh-huh. Look, and I think lastly, fellas, I think something else that we uh, need to look at is. The signings for the last week. Obviously, there's been a huge amount of international talent. Has there been any of the ones that have been signed so far that have stood out to you, Dylan? Um, look, obviously, there's still a few that are pending, pending prices, um, and obviously selection for when for when they are actually here. But Will Jackson, I know you're a massive fan of him, as a he's potentially a, a really decent pickup. Um, Nicholas Peran as well that the Stars signed this morning. He's another one that you could potentially look at as a wicketkeeper batsman too. Um, Colin Ingram as well. And um, and Johnny Bairstow too. I know he's missing the start, but he's um, he's another option that who's, you know, really solid internationally, in pretty decent form as well, um, having played over in the IPL. So there are probably a few that have stood out to me. Do you look at picking someone like Johnny Bairstow at his price um, at 175 uh, very dependent on where he bats in the order. If he opens, I think you can certainly mount a case for him. If he's batting, you know, 
anywhere in the middle to lower order than I'd probably pass. I think he'll open with Stoinis when he does arrive. So, you know, potentially, obviously it all depends on the rest of, rest of your team and the structure there, but a lot of these international guys are going to be, you know, 160, 170K. So really, if you're going to have a look at, at any of them, I think you're going to have to be paying a little bit more, which, you know, obviously they're, they're quality players. So you're going to have to pay that top dollar. A bloke like um, Noor Ahmad for the Renegades, he's one that you get at 62K, who's a 15-year-old um, spinner, unheard of. So a lot of batsmen will be, you know, they won't have, they won't have watched the tapes and whatnot that I guess you, you get with your... Your blokes like Mornay Morkel, who have played um, international cricket for years and years. So he's another one. He's I see him in a similar mould to, I guess, San, Sandeep Lamachane, um, who was at the Stars last year. These guys that no one's seen before and potentially can can really burst onto the scene. So he's an international signing for that is you know, cheap as chips. So he's another one that I think I would really look at. What about you, Damo? Is there any ones that may uh, make your side from the international signing point of view? Colin Ingram was straight into my side as soon as his price was confirmed. 125k, I believe his price ended up being and bargain considering what he can produce. And I'm also keen to know what Will Jacks is priced as. So a few Hurricanes players there. Um, no one else is standing out too much for me other than those two. And while there has been obviously quite a number of uh, rumoured players yet to be signed, there's also been some uh, unavailable players, and we've just obviously heard today from the Melbourne Stars that unfortunately due to international commitments that Harris Ralph will be unavailable this summer. Uh, I know that you had a lot of love for him, Dylan. You'll be um, disappointed not to see him this season. Yeah, gutted to see him go. You know, we got him for 42K last year, so he was awesome. And, and as a Stars fan, he was he was just great to watch the the um the the game where he took a hat trick right at the end of the season. That was the stadium was the the G was buzzing when that happened as well. So yeah, sad to see him go, but hopefully we can we can find a another decent bowler who can can make inroads for us. Thank you for taking the reins there, Azza. You drove that perfectly. Is there anything any of you would like to say before we finish up? Yeah, no, obviously we've covered quite a lot. Obviously there's probably some st- still news to come, some new s- more signings. There'll be the prices that we haven't seen from the international players that were uh, announced today, Dan Lawrence, uh, Will Jacks, as we talked about, um, Nicholas Porin, I don't think, had his price as well. So there's still probably a lot we'll need to just keep an eye out on. Um, and, again, international announcements are always still coming thick and fast. There may even be some um, series that we haven't seen yet um, just randomly pop up that may have an impact. So it's always going to be a little bit of a watch and see um, for now, but it's now less than a month away and we're all starting to get very excited here. Thank you for joining us today, boys. Thank you, Azza. Thank you, Dill. It's been great to hear from both of you. And I will see you guys next week when we record episode four.